Hey, it's Justin, and I have a big announcement and personal invitation for you. This May, we're inviting a small group of people to Austin to learn how to grow their wealth tax-free and get access to some of my personal friends and experts in the industry. We did something similar last year, and the feedback was incredible, so we set aside a few tickets for non-Mastermind members to join us for this event. You'll spend some time learning from Garrett Gunderson, the brilliant and hilarious mind behind Money Unmasked, and the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Killing Sacred Cows, and one of my favorite books, What Would the Rockefellers Do? He's going to share his insights on how to grow your assets tax-free with life insurance. And you'll also get some time with Rob Dial, the mastermind behind the Mindset Mentor Podcast, who will share with you how to find fulfillment in success. Then you'll get to participate in a special investment presentation, in-depth discussions, and breakout sessions on two crucial yet often overlooked topics, personalized tax strategies and wealth building. Plus, when you register, you'll have the opportunity to attend a one-day course the day before on vetting deals. If you want to learn our process so that you can make great decisions, there's no better teacher than Hans Box. This is our most requested topic, and it'll be an exceptional course. Seats for the course and the one-day event are limited, so if you're interested, please grab your ticket today. I always say you're just one connection, one decision, and one strategy away from true freedom, and I look forward to helping you on your journey. Head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live or click the link around this video and secure your ticket now before we sell out. Hope to see you in Austin this May. Once again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live. I can't wait to see you there. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Kaylin Poulin and her husband Brandon used their last $1,000 in savings to launch Lady Boss, a women's weight loss brand that they scaled into a $43 million a year e-commerce giant. The business became the fourth fastest growing privately held company in America in 2019 and was eventually acquired by Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels. After selling Lady Boss, Kaylin and Brandon decided to launch Enterprise CEO, which helps seven and eight figure founder led businesses operate more efficiently, boost profits, and scale without breaking or burnout. The pair have personally built marketing, sales, service, support, IT, HR, and finance teams that have generated over $200 million in combined revenue through multiple D2C verticals and channels, including consumer packaged goods, high-ticket coaching, apparel and accessories, digital products, webinars, 
courses, live events, and book sales. In this episode, you'll learn the story of how Kaylin and Brandon went from not being able to afford groceries to starting and scaling Lady Boss from their living room into an eight-figure-per-year e-commerce brand. You'll learn how to shift your mindset, build confidence in yourself, and will into existence unimaginable goals. Lastly, you'll learn the process for getting acquired including the non-negotiable terms that Kaylin put in place to make sure that she was able to live on her own terms. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Kaylin's got a special gift for Lifestyle Investor podcast listeners. She's offering a free 360-degree audit of your business, which will help you identify holes and recognize opportunities you may not recognize in your business. To get access to this gift, visit lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash 139. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Kaylin Poulin. What's up, Kaylin? So good to have you on the show. What's up, Justin? I'm excited to be here, ready to get grilled, hot seated. (laughs) Well, this is a, a really nice treat. I'm really looking forward to learning your story because you guys have just had a tremendous amount of success over the last number of years, but not without the highs and lows, which is what makes it so special. But uh, you guys have had like your story with Lady Boss is so cool. And even before Lady Boss with kind of like the MLM space and I would just love to explore all the cool stuff that you've been up to over the years and the difference between life back then versus life today. So I'm thrilled to have you here, Kaylin. Yeah, it's a big contrast. So I'm excited to talk about it because, you know, we didn't we didn't start with money. We were broke, rock bottom. So (laughs) there's hope for me. There's hope for anybody else out there. Hey, and that's a great story in itself. Like if you can do it, if you can figure it out, others can as well. And uh, we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it. But let's start first and foremost with like, how you even got into this world of like business and sales. I think it started first with sales and then it transitioned into like business ownership and and operations because I don't know that there was anyone in your life that paved that path for you, right? Yeah, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, I'm like, I grew up on a 200 acre farm in Indiana, like super tiny town. I graduated with like 30 kids. Like there were farmers there, not like entrepreneurs. Like the farmer is the entrepreneur. So uh, I remember early on in my life just being like, I hate other people telling me what to do. Like I can't stand it. And so I always knew I was going to do my own thing. Like, and I was like the black sheep, still the black sheep of the family, the black sheep of my school. Like I just knew even like, being bullied in school, like all this stuff. I'm like, I just know I'm supposed to do something like way bigger than being in this town, way bigger with my life than what anybody else has vision for. Like I have, I don't know what it is, but I know it'll be something. And I actually went to this really crazy liberal arts school, one of the hardest ones in the country, like that still do verbal exams for you to be able to graduate college. Like you're the whole team of people who ever taught you sit on a panel and you have to like, verbally <laughs> pass an exam of everything you've ever remembered over four years. And I had uh, got into network marketing when I was a junior in college. And I basically double majored in business and communication. And my business school 
this is a business school at this college that other MBA programs that are graduate programs come and model our undergrad business scholars program. Wow. Which school is this? This is Hanover College in, in Indiana. Wow. And there's only like 1,100 kids. Like you pretty much have to graduate with over a 4.0 to get in. But what's crazy is I had gotten this, this job with Frito-Lay. They would only take one like out of the state of Indiana for in Indianapolis, Frito-Lay, that you got this internship. So I was basically competing against all everybody else. And I get it. And so for two years, I spent summers on this fast track program that I would end up like a regional sales manager at Frito-Lay. And in my senior year, my network marketing business was doing well enough that upon when we're getting closer to graduation, my professor brings me in. He knew who knew I was doing it. And I'm talking like the ex-CMO from Heinz. Okay. This guy's like, as corporate as corporate gets. And he's like, so what's the plan after college? Like you go on full time with Frito. They're going to pay you 80K a year coming out of college because I've been on this fast track. Right. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go full time in my network marketing business and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And that's what I'm going to do. And he literally fell out of his chair. Like he was like, you can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Like, what do you mean you're going to throw away this opportunity? You've gone to this school for four years to get an opportunity like this and you're not going to take it. And I was like, no, because I know that I don't want to work for anyone else. And so that's how I got into network marketing and was just doing that gig. And that's how I met Brandon, actually. That's where me and Brandon met is I was like, had huge success in that company at 21, 22, 23 years old. And he saw me on stage all the time was like, I want to marry that girl. You know, like that's my wife. (laughs) That's my wife. And so that's how we met. And then through that, you know, we spent the next year building that company together and that company started to go down, go under. And we just always knew like network marketing is great for people that are number twos, but Brandon is a number one. Like he could own his own business. He can run it. He can operate it. Like we just had that inside of us. And we're like, do want to be number ones? And at this time in this transition from network marketing, we literally walked away from our business because our families were involved, right? So if we jumped companies, there's two options, jump companies and go build another network marketing business. Or part two would be like, go start our own business. And so we decided to start our own because we're like, we're going to take money away from his little sister's private school fund. And we're going to take money away from my mom's grocery fund and, you know, paying off her bills. Like we can't do that. So in that transition of leaving that company, literally just walked away from it. We were broker than broke, like broker than broke. Now, real quick, for clarity's sake, though, mm-hmm. when you say that you were crushing it, yeah, I would love for people to understand, like even financially, what that looked like. Because at a young age, you were pulling yeah. in like monster paychecks. So, yeah, what was it like being one of the top people in that company, in that network marketing company? Yeah. So when I met Brandon, I think I was doing. I mean, you have to think, twenty-one years old. Okay, in college, I was making like I don't know five grand a month. But when I, once I got out and went full time, I was making like twenty-five grand, twenty-eight grand a month in network marketing. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. And by the way, the way that network marketing works, and the reason that this, this was so important, like if we really kind of extrapolate this out, is that. The downlegs, you had family members in your downlegs. So you mm-hmm. what you produced, like you were helping support yeah. their bills, right? They had become mm-hmm. accustomed to a certain lifestyle because they were earning a percentage off of what you sold, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. And our uplines at the time, when me and Brandon got together, they were like, we wanted to get married and they forbid us from getting married. Because in network marketing, if you get married, 
one of the businesses has to collapse under the other person. And we're like, they're like, you can be married, like in quotations, but you can't be married on paper. And we're like, that's just not an option for us. Like we're getting married. Like the business is not going to stand in the way of that. Yeah, that's a really weird caveat that they kind of wreck one of the the uplines because of that. Yep, exactly. Very interesting. Well, and by the way, network marketing has always kind of fallen under a good deal of scrutiny Mm -hmm. over the years and for different reasons. And then often you'll see that a lot of the companies are kind of like there's like fad type of support where it's like really big in a certain season because this miracle supplement is huge. And then later research shows that it's not as good. So it's to me one of those things where, hey, make hay while the sun's out and do the best you can because you don't know how long that season's going to last. Your situation is a little different because the company was still doing well. Uh, You guys were still doing well. But as I understand it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I just this is just kind of what I remember from Brandon's conversation with me about this way back when, and it was more in passing, but you were dating someone else. I was engaged to someone else. You're engaged to someone else. But what had happened is somehow he had convinced you to like run your business through him. So he was like the number, like all the payments went through him or something before they got to you. Mm -hmm. So you were in a weird situation where you're making all this money, but this guy isn't who you want to end up with. No, it's worse than that, Justin. It's worse than that. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So me and this guy have been together since I was a senior in high school and we went to the same college. Like that's one of the reasons I ended up going there. And so we had been together for like six, seven years. We've been engaged for almost two years. And so we were building this business together, like from day one. And his position was above mine, right? He had signed up first. He was a personal trainer and his position was above mine. And so we're like, well, we're getting married, like we know that we've been together forever. And so we built the entire business under his account, right? Like his social security number. And so Brandon always had a crush on me when he'd come to these events. He'd be like, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And all his friends are like, nah, bro, you can't marry her. That's her fiance right there next to her. Like you ain't marrying her. And he was like, I know, but like a chick like that. And probably like a, a year later, this guy, like two months before he was supposed to be married, actually runs off with a girl on Instagram. Uh, And he's supposed to be going to like a network marketing conference in South Carolina or whatever it was. I booked the hotel. I booked the flight. I booked everything. And it's for like trainers. So he was the only one going, right? Because he's a personal trainer. And booked everything. And then I had like probably 20,000 followers on Instagram at the time. And she had blocked me and stuff. But she posted a picture of them kissing at a restaurant. And so the way I found out was people started DMing me the picture of my fiance who I'd been with for like six, seven years. I was supposed to marry in two months, kissing the other girl, being like, isn't this your fiance? Like, this looks like him. And that's how I found out. So he got home and I threw the ring at him. I was done. I was like, we ain't married yet. Like, thank God it happened now. You know what I mean? I don't have to do anything. Like, I'm gone. I'm out of here. So I went, we lived in in a house together at the time. And we had just moved out of our our old apartment. And so I literally went back to our apartment and started squatting in that apartment. So it's two hours away. I went down. I went to Walmart. All I had in my my bank account was like, I don't know, 200 bucks. And he wouldn't give me any of the money. He was like, well, if you stay or if you come back, like I'll give you money. And so all I had on my to my name was $200 on a debit card. So I went to Walmart, bought a blow up mattress and went and squatted in my old apartment. 
And I'm talking like I had a skillet. I bought a skillet and a blow-up mattress and some egg whites. And I lived off of egg whites. And I'm squatting in this apartment. We go to the national event. And I was like, we can't tell anyone. Because network marketing, like, it's all about how they're feeling in the moment at the event and, like, getting everybody hyped, right? And if we talk about us breaking up, that's all people are going to care to know about. It's going to be drama, right? So then he shows up to the event with that chick. And what's insane, the best part about this story is later that night, Brandon goes up to him and literally says to him, hey, man, I just want to tell you, like, Kaylin's so awesome, dude. Like, I want to have a chick like that one day. Don't mess it up. Whoa. Don't mess it up. So we get home from this event. I go single on Facebook. I'm squatting in this apartment. Brandon calls me out of nowhere, and I don't know him. Like, he has my phone number. He got it from somebody. I'm like, who's calling me from Albuquerque, New Mexico? And he's like, Hey, this is Brandon Pullen. Like, you're not going to remember me, but like, what happened? He was the first person to ask me, like, what happened? And so we just started talking. We started FaceTiming. We we're both really into personal development. And so I read The Five Love Languages. I know you know this book well. I right? do. Like, I love it. You know this book really well. And I read the book and I'm like, man, you got to read this book right now. Like, not not even for relationship wise, because I was, I'd been in a 70 year relationship. I wasn't looking for that. Right. I was like, this guy's fun to talk to. That's all I was thinking. I'm like, you got to read this book for your team to know how people operate, like how they feel loved. Like, this is great. This is like ammunition. And so he reads it and then he uses the ammo against me, right? He's like, which one are you? (laughs) And at the time I was a gifter. I was a gifter because I didn't have money. So gifts were what was important to me. Like receiving those things meant more. Now it's quality time because that's a harder resource to, to get for my husband. But He's like, which one are you? And I'm like, I'm a gifter. And he finds out that my favorite thing is sugar cookies. He sends a bouquet of sugar cookies to this apartment that I'm squatting at. I literally answer the door and uh, see this big bouquet. I read the card and it says, you always tell me I know what to say, but it's your language I wish to speak. See you soon, Brandon. And I literally packed my whole car up, drove to Denver to be there for a week. That's where he was at at the time with the rest of his network marketing team, staying there with a, in a house, basically a frat house full of guys. And I go to stay out there for a week and just be in a new place. Like you can miss me like, just come out here and work. We'll do it together type of deal. And got out there, rolled up in the driveway. It's 1 a.m. Get out of the car. He comes out of the front door, skinny jeans, no shirt, high tops, snap back on, tattoos. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, and I get out of the car and he picks me up at the driveway, kisses me and is like, it was going to happen sooner or later. Might as well have happened sooner. (laughs) And like from that moment, I was like sold on him. And then what's funny is over that next week, we're doing calls together. We're helping each other on calls. Like from day one, we were building a business together. And even though network marketing is two separate businesses that we had from day one, like that was where me and Brandon connected. And so I think that it's it's funny. We still work together today, even in transition from Lady Boss to Enterprise CEO and you know advising businesses and founder-led companies now. It's like we had the conversation. Do we want to continue to work together? Do we want to do something separate? And we're like, no, like this is how we connect. We love doing it together. So from day one, we've been doing that. Well, it's fascinating to me that you had this experience where you're one of the top salespeople in this entire network marketing company. You're making $27,000 a month Mm -hmm. and it goes to zero overnight because you don't have control, right? He's got Mm -hmm. control. And wow, what what a brutal (laughs) wake up call and what a (laughs) what a hard way to learn the lesson of kind of like owning 
your income or owning your business, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brandon said the moment he fell in love with me is when he asked me what happened. And I told him and like, he's got all of it. He's got the whole business. He's got all the money. He's not giving me any, but I'm going to build it back bigger and badder and better than I did before. And like, blah, blah, and all this stuff. And he was like, dang, like most chicks would be like eating bonbons right now and like crying and watching rom-coms. And this chick is just like, I'm going to go build it back and like build it myself and like all this. And I did. And over the next year, me and Brandon built that position and we built it together. We built that position back to the same income. And unfortunately, that company that we were in, it wasn't like a magic ingredient type deal. It was just a shake, right? And uh, it was just a protein shake, basically, meal replacement. And a TCPA lawsuit is what took that company under. So when that company started going down, we were like, what are we going to do? Are we going to jump or are we going to go build something? And we're like, feel like we could build something. And we had spent countless hours every single night in a different living room talking to mostly women who wanted to lose weight with a shake, right? And so it's just like, that's the customer that I knew the most. And I'd been through a weight loss transformation myself. So I was like, this is the person I want to serve. I want to serve who I used to be. And let's go start a business and do exactly that. So people think like Lady Boss was this huge like rocket ship overnight success. I'm like, no, I spent four years in living rooms with a customer. That's why it had the trajectory and like blew up like it did because like I knew the customer better than anyone else. Yeah, there's no doubt. And and what a cool brand. So you built Lady Boss into just this powerhouse company. You guys were doing just crazy revenue. Um, mm-hmm. I remember talking to you guys at one point about your ad spend and your ad spend a month was more than what most companies were doing in revenue a year. I mean, it's just yeah. really incredible what you've been able to do there. Like over a million a month. I think we'd be spending like 100K a day, 75K a day, crazy stuff. Yeah, that's just fascinating. I love it. Do you love the podcast and the book and wonder what the next step should be on your lifestyle investor journey? For a limited time, my team is doing free personalized consultation calls to learn more about your goals and determine which of our courses or masterminds will help you get to the next level. Whether that's to make your first investment or to create your first income stream of passive income, or whether that's to achieve ultimate financial freedom. If you'd like to reserve a spot, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation to book a free strategy session while they're still available. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Now, it wasn't always the big business we know today. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about what it was like having this business, scaling it, having an exit, also having algorithms mess things up, right? Yep. So, Mm -hmm. like, there's a lot that happens and a lot that you can't control in the online world. I mean, just the world of business in general, but, but especially in online, if you're relying on certain algorithms and certain ways of doing things, because that's always going to change just the way that business in general always changes. Yeah. But in the beginning years, you guys were not doing well financially. You went from no money to a ton of money to no (laughs) money to a ton of money and then back to no money again. Right. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so I remember talking to you off air and I just we got to capture this because this is so powerful. And on your podcast, we talk about embarrassing moments. Yeah. But one of the most embarrassing moments that you're sharing with me happened in a grocery store. Will Will you share that story? Yeah. So, you know, in that transition from that network marketing company, 
we were walking on the treadmills at a gym, the $10 a month gym where two people can come for $10 a month. That's where we were at <laughs> because that's all we could afford. And I had a permanent guest pass, basically. We're walking on the treadmills and we're like, so what are we going to do? And I was like, oh, like there's this guy that sells weight loss programs online. Like we should do that. Right. And so we decide on it and we're like, okay. And so right now we're making no income. Like we are in the building process for like three months and there's no money. Like I have no money. He has no money. Like because in network marketing, when you're young, like you spend it all and you pay it all to go to events and you do all that and they don't teach you about taxes. And then all your money goes to that. And eventually I ended up with nothing because I was young and dumb and didn't know what I didn't know, basically. And so we have nothing. I mean, we're behind on rent. We're behind on our car payments. Like it's not good. And so I go to the grocery store and I'm literally just trying to buy like spinach and egg whites and almond milk and like a couple other little things, like not a $400 grocery cart. I'm talking like 50 bucks, 40 bucks type deal. And I get to the checkout and I'm like putting everything up there, you know, like Justin, you may, you may not know, but you get to the checkout, you know that like nervous feeling you get about this is before your bank was on your phone, you know, and you could check and like make sure you got it in there. It was just kind of like Russian roulette at the checkout of like, <laughs> is this card going to go through, you know, or not? And so I'm up there and the lady's like ringing everything up and the total comes and I like swipe my debit card and my debit card doesn't go through. And oh, then like, no. you know, swipe it again and it doesn't go through. And so I'm literally standing there being like, and I'm an I, right? So fear of rejection is like the worst thing ever. Like, I don't know why the grocery, the cashier lady is so intimidating to me, but she always has been. I feel like I like start sweating at the checkout. And so the card doesn't go through. And I like literally just like, oh, I guess my card doesn't work. I'll come back later with a different card. And I just like was so embarrassed. There's a line of people behind me. And I like make up some excuse and like hightail it out of there. And I called Brandon as I'm like walking through the parking lot, I'm like, my car didn't just didn't go through at the grocery store. And I am like, I'm like crying at this point of how embarrassed I am. And I'm like, I hate this. Like, we have to figure this out right now because I don't ever want to feel like this ever again. Mm, that is a powerful experience and heartbreaking in the moment. But I'll tell you what, it's the pain and the discomfort that can create amazing action. And it sounds like it happened for you. Uh, it's moments like this that have been some of my most defining moments in life, uh, especially in business. And just saying, no, it's not going to be this way anymore. I vow to do it differently. And it starts now. Yeah. So I love that. And then you guys go on. So walk us through what it was like scaling Lady Boss and and I mean, this is for those that are are listening and for those that are watching, like this is a household name. Like this is a big time business that you guys built that, I mean, almost everyone in the online space knew about. So walk yeah. us through some of that, that process of scaling and, and then we can talk about the exit. Yeah, I think in the beginning, we were just trying to do it to be like, oh, you know, we're young and life, laptop lifestyle was like the thing that's like the words that everyone was, you know, spewing back then. And we're like, that's what we want. Laptop lifestyle, you know? And so we literally went through Russell Brunson's course back in the day of like how to build a program and a product. We sat down at Starbucks. Somebody showed us ClickFunnels. We're like, okay, we're going to do an online something like a PDF or whatever. Like, who do we know that knows how to do this? And this is a big thing here. It's like, who do you know that can teach you the skill set or get you the answers? Like, we didn't go to Google and try to figure things out. We found the person that was do selling things online and we went and found them and said, show us what you do. Like, show us all the software. Show us the tech stack. Like, we didn't even know what a tech stack was back then, by the way. And uh, he showed us, you know, ClickFunnels had just launched. 
And so I started going through, we started going through Russell's course. We went to Lowe's because we were broke. We bought the two big like pieces of wood that serve as a whiteboard because we couldn't afford whiteboards are expensive, man. Yeah. We couldn't afford that. So I spent 20 bucks getting like a, you know, six foot thing that goes under laminate flooring from Lowe's that serves as a dry race board. I bought two huge ones of those. We go through the course and I start mapping out like Brandon's asking me questions. He's like, what was everything you needed during your weight loss journey? What were the things that you didn't have? What were the things that you had to go a million different places so we can put it all into one thing? And so we on these whiteboards, we literally just mapped out every single piece of information, education and tools and resources that these women would need to do it. And uh, I remember we were filming in the gym, like all the tutorial workouts and stuff. Like, I mean, his brother was a, a manager at the gym. So he'd let us in at like 11 p.m. at night after the gym closed. And we'd film until like four in the morning. And we do that like every night for a month filming all this stuff. Wow. And then, yeah. And then uh, we're doing all that and we're building this product. And I build the whole app myself. Like I literally found an app builder online. I build the whole app myself. I put it all in. We're doing all these hours, like literally working overnights. And we launched this program and I'll never forget it. Yolanda, shout out Yolanda, was our very first customer, $23. And I'm telling you what, that moment that y- Yolanda came through on Moon Clerk for all of you like old school OGs, back before Stripe and stuff. But when she like came through in Moon Clerk that she had bought, it was like better than the first million that we did because it was like, oh my gosh, like someone bought, like this can work. Like it's not a zero, like this can work. And so I remember jumping up and down in the living room with Brandon being like, oh my gosh, like we might be able to do this thing. And at that time we couldn't even afford, it was Christmas time. We couldn't afford to drive home to see my family. This is, we definitely couldn't afford flights. So we were having to drive but we couldn't afford the gas to get us there. And so when we launched that program, it literally gave us the gas money to be able to drive and see my family who I hadn't seen in over like in a year is what that launched it. And then after that, actually, we hadn't got married because we didn't have money for a wedding. And so after we launched, we got we started, you know, we made our first like 20k or whatever. We're like, we're gonna get married on a beach in Puerto Rico in 90 days. And so we went and got married there. As as we're leaving our wedding, I'm like, babe, we should go look at a condo on the beach here. We just got married. And this is when he was a newlywed. He just wanted to make his wife happy. And he was like, sure, let's do it. So we go look at it. And I'm like, man, we should move here. Like, we don't have kids yet. We have laptop lifestyle. Like, we should just move here. And so we did. We went home. We sold everything that we owned, our cars, everything. Like, gave it away or sold it. And we had two suitcases each and our dog and moved to Puerto Rico. This is before the whole tax thing with Puerto Rico was a thing. So we didn't even know. We lived there for almost a year and had no idea about the tax thing. Like we were just doing it for fun. And then there was a day that we were sitting there and we're on our laptop and then going to the beach and we come back. and We're like, do we want more than this? Like that was the question that we asked. We're like, do we want more than this? Like it feels good to be retired at 25. But do I want more than this? Do you want more than this? Like, do we want to say yes to something bigger, more responsibility, more risk? But do we want to say yes to it? And that's when we decided like, yeah, let's move back. Let's hire a team because it's just the two of us, an assistant that worked as like customer support at the time. And so we're like, well, let's move back. Let's get an office. Let's hire a team. Like, let's do this thing. And I'll never forget, like after we did, after we moved back and we started hiring people and we were getting an office and we were about to sign a lease on an office and I had a breakdown in the car because I was like, 
What if it doesn't work? What if we take on all this risk? What if we sign this lease and then like it doesn't work out and we end up right back where we were not being able to afford our rent, our car payments, our grocery bill? Like what's going to happen? I literally just had this God thought, this download in that moment, like literally while sobbing my eyes out. That was like, what happens if you don't do it? Like what happens to all these women if you don't do it? Because you want to stay in your safe zone of security. What happens if you don't do it? Like who doesn't get reached? And so that was the moment they were like, let's sign it. Let's do it. And let's build this thing. And then from there, like all the scaling mistakes. That's when the mistakes really started. (laughs) Justin was right then. Well, that is an incredible (laughs) story. I, I love that. And by the way, there's a season of your life that I think is really important to share with people. You had us over for dinner one night. And by the way, you're a great cook. In fact, I oh, can't thanks. figure out what you don't do well. Spreadsheets, Justin. Yeah, Spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. There it is. <laughs> so you cooked this incredible meal. You grilled. You had like, and it was super healthy. It was super delicious. And you were telling us about Brandon had brought it up, but he's like, yeah, you guys don't know how awesome my wife is, but like, she is a beast in the gym and you won this like fitness, like weightlifting competition, right? Tell everyone about that. It wasn't weightlifting. It was a figure competition, but, uh, back in the day, bodybuilding, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bodybuilding. And, uh, I was 65 pounds overweight. I was like all the things like tired all the time. Didn't want to get out of bed, sad all the time, hated the way I looked and everything. And I had this experience with my grandma where my grandma makes the best snickerdoodle cookies in the world. And she makes like 20 dozen at Christmas time every year. It, legit. Like she starts in like November and then makes them all and starts freezing them and putting in the in the freezer in November and cooks as many as she can all the way up until Christmas. And that's literally what we get. At, like that's all I want as a gift from her every year. And so she made all these cookies and I was eating like my 10th cookie and my grandma reaches out, like smacks my hand. And she's like, do you really think that you need another cookie? And I was like, (gasps) like, I cannot like that was like the moment for me that just like was the mindset shift. Because at first I was like super hurt and I was mad and I was angry and I was like all the things that hurt. And a couple hours go by and I'm like, you know what? Like, she's right. Like, I've been wanting to do I've been trying. I've been wanting to do it. But this is the moment. And so I started Googling like weight loss transformations. And after looking, I was like, man, if these women with four kids can do this, like surely I can do this. And so I really just dialed in, had to go to Dr. Google and like figure everything out that I wanted to do. I'm actually like committed to doing it. And so I literally took away things for myself. Like I used to binge watch TV and I'd sit there and eat a whole tub of cookie dough. And I was like, I can only watch TV. I can only watch my show if I'm walking on the treadmill and I'm not allowed to turn on the TV unless I'm walking on the treadmill. And then after that, I can watch whatever shows I want. But the first show to turn on the TV, that it's the switch is the treadmill that turns on the TV. And so I just started doing things like that. I ended up losing 55 pounds in like seven months and 50 pounds, something like that. And then after that, I was like, okay, I've lost the weight, but I felt like I was like skinny fat. You know what I mean? I just was a smaller version of myself, but still the same like lumps and, and bumps and muffin top. And I was like, what's the next thing I can do that like challenges me? And so I had this like crazy idea, like I'm going to do a figure competition in 90 days. And if you guys know what that is, like, it's like the muscular girls, not bodybuilding. It's like a step down from bodybuilding when it's not so masculine. Like you still look cute. You got full makeup, you know, your bikini, whatever, but still muscle tone. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to push myself to do that. Because if I could just step on stage, like if I could have the build enough confidence in myself and like challenge myself that much to just, and I just step on stage with those girls. Like that would be a win. That would be a huge win after this transformation. And so worked my freaking butt off for 90 days and 
Went to my first show. I won my class and the overall at the first show, which gave me a bid to nationals where you go to like win your International Federation of Bodybuilding pro card. Like the winner of that show, you become a professional figure competitor, right? And so I win the class and the overall and they're like, okay, you won the bid to nationals from this show. Everyone's like, don't go. Don't do it. It'll be a waste of your time. It's so political. Like, you'll never win. I've been competing for 10 years and I've never won it and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, somebody's got to win. Might as well be me. Like, that was my mentality. Like, someone is going to win. It might as well be me. As someone who just lost 65 pounds, there's no reason it should have been me. Right. (laughs) But that's the belief that I had at that point because I just built that confidence. And so I go to that show. I end up winning my class there. Won the fastest, it's a world record for the fastest IFBB pro card ever won. And then after that, I was like, ah, this is lame. I want to go help the woman that I used to be. I want to go help women get off the couch. Like, so I literally just won it and like basically retired all in the same day. (laughs) Wow. Well, and it just is such a great testament to like the powerful creator that you are, that you can show up wherever you need to show up and, and your mindset is so strong that you can will into existence what you want to have happen. So you're seeing it in all these different areas of life. You see it in your will and desire on the sales side with direct sales. You see it in fitness, not just losing weight, but also gaining the muscle, winning this competition Mm -hmm. in the world record of time. And you see it with lady boss. You see it with like your desire to build a life and what the family that you and Brandon have created, it's its really inspiring. And at such a young age, too. It's so cool. So what happened with Lady Boss? What was it that made you want to sell this business? You ran it as like a lifestyle business, and then you built it up, and you built a team, and and you had huge ad spend, and you had huge revenue, and, and you guys did, from what I understand, really well on the margins. Yeah. So what was next? What like what did you grow it to and and why sell it? Yeah, so uh we grew it to from those beginning days with the $20 whiteboards I'm talking about. Uh we grew it to over 750,000 customers. We did 200 million in totality and I think when people ask me all the time like what happened with Lady Boss, right? And so I would say probably a year and a half like before we exited the company, me and Brandon we really just felt like God was like pressing upon us that there was going to be a new season. We had one kid at the time. I was pregnant with our second. And I was really starting to see, like we talk about time with entrepreneurs, right? Like we had 150 employees, like we had this huge business and I was like about to have a second baby. And I was like, what do I want in this? It's like hard enough with one. And it was like during COVID. So I was like, stay at home mom and full time at Lady Boss at the same time with a one and a half year old oh my goodness. in my house. And I'm like running meetings. So I'm, she's like on me and meetings, crawling over me, all this stuff. And so it was great. It was wild in my house, you know? Meanwhile, Brandon's like locked up in his office in perfect silence. You know what I mean? And one day, like I got frustrated with her over something. And I literally, after I did, I literally sat there and thought like, is this what I want life to look like? Like, yes, it's it's a different scenario and situation at that time. But I was like, is this what I want life to look like? Where like the meetings and the business like are causing me to be frustrated with my children. Like, no. And then after that kind of like COVID ended and stuff, I was just like, man, what are we building this business for if I can't be present for like my kids? 
Brandon's working 80 hours a week in the business at the time. Like he's stressed to the max, all this responsibility, all these employees. I'm over here. Like, I don't get any time with you. Like the business is number one. It's a priority. And so we got real and had a real conversation. And I just said, like, we built a business. We became entrepreneurs because we wanted time freedom. We wanted to make money so we could like change our, our family tree, have a legacy, like all these things. We want to be able to vacation and travel and do all this stuff. And I'm like, and, and we yet we've done none of these things. We've done none of these things. Like, yes, we made the money, right? Well, so we've done one. But like all the other things that we actually became entrepreneurs to do, like we don't have those things. Like we don't have it. Like I don't have time with you. I don't have time freedom. Like we're basically employees to the business and it runs us. We don't run the business. And so this is like what we coach clients that we have in, in through strategy days and stuff. Like I'm always talking to them, like, is your business running you or are you running the business? And so we had a real conversation around it and just said like, well, then what do we want it to look like? What do we want life to look like? And for us, it was like, okay, we're in the season now. We are having two kids. I want like two more, Justin. I'm like, I want four. Brandon wants three. I'm like, I can just sneak it in on him. The fourth one, just sneak it, <laughs> sneak, you know, sneak past it. He won't even notice that type of thing. Why do I have a funny feeling that you are going <laughs> to will it into existence like everything else you've done in life? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like that's the magic number for me. I don't know. Maybe when I get to three, I'll decide. But, you know, I'm like, I want more out of family and more with my kids. And I want them to know me. I don't want someone picking up my kid and taking them to school because I can't. Like, it's different to say like, okay. I, I'm choosing to do this. Like I legit can't. And we're like, man, if we built it all to have these things and and we're not getting this from that, like, and also in this, in this season, I was just like, really felt like we were called to do something else. Like we're called to transition from it. And like, this just constant, like nagging of like what we got, you know, the Holy spirit telling us like, it's time for something new. Like there's gonna be a season of change. Like there's going to be a transition, like all of this. And I ignored and fought it for a long time until I was just like, you know, I feel like I want a season of time freedom with my kids. And maybe this business is better off ran by someone else that wants to give it this type of like full attention that I feel like I'm not the person for that anymore. Mm. Well, I commend you for making the move and making the decision where you really could move away from the thing that you'd work so hard for. I mean, I, I think your reality, your experience is what happens to most entrepreneurs where they start a business because they want freedom, they want autonomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is they the, the business that they think they own really owns them and it owns mm -hmm. their time and it owns their thoughts when they're even not in the business. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's so refreshing to see that you guys are able to walk away and it was kind of a special sale for you guys too, because you sold it to Russell Brunson, yeah. who is like the guy who you looked up to and learned from and got involved in his mastermind and, and his community. Yeah, it came full circle. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to hear any details that you're willing to share on the yeah. exit on like what that was like, how it unfolded. Was it, I mean, for most people, expectations don't meet reality. They think it's going to be a certain yeah. price. It ends up being a different price. Often there's a renegotiation in the 11th hour. It doesn't always happen. Nine times out of 10, it happens. Yours might be a little different because you're dealing with a friendly, right? You're, you're not dealing with a true strategic or you know with a VC or, or private equity. Well, I think it's to start this off, you have to understand to get to this point, a lot of crap happened and along the way. That's why it's, it's really important to have someone advising you through the exit process 
or I mean, it's insane. So in a year before or two years before we actually exited, you know, we started the process of like in the CRM, like getting all the things, like everything like lined up and buttoned up and like all of it. Right. And like maybe May, you know, a year before we actually exited, we basically took the business to market and or May or June. And then we get to the table. We have, I think it was like some like 70 LOIs. Don't quote me on that. I'm terrible with numbers. I think it's like 70 LOIs signed. But I'm talking like the biggest brands in weight loss. Like I can't say their names, but I'm talking like, think of you're in the shelf, like the weight loss section of Walmart, every company that's on those shelves on this list. All right. Like big players looking at us. We have LOI signed, like going through the whole process, the presentings, the meeting them, getting on Zooms, meeting them personally to see like who's the best fit to buy this business. And in the middle of this happening, okay, after all these LOIs are signed, all this is going on, the iOS 14 update happens. So we literally go from spending like 70K a day in ad spend to 14 grand a day overnight. Overnight. And so obviously... As any, like, just as we would if we we're looking at a business, everybody pulls the reins and is like, whoa, whoa, like, this is a huge change. We have to see how this shakes out. We have to see what happens here. And we're like, oh my God, like, like literally, I'm still sick thinking about it because timing, right? We talk about timing all the time. It's like, if we were just taking a market a year earlier, this wouldn't have been a problem. But it's not the way, like, you got to be like two years in advance for a good exit. And so this all happens. We're like, okay, we'll line everything up. We'll get it all fixed. We'll figure it all out. And then we'll take it back to market in the spring. And so as we do that, we go back to market in the spring. Things really, just until about now, like things still aren't the same that they were. So you got to know when you're in great timing and like how something can change overnight. Like sell it when it's way up. Don't wait for the market to change on you. If you're like thinking about it, start the process, okay? Because I'm a testament that timing matters. And this is happening to a lot of people who like in 2022 is a banner year. 2021 was a banner year until 2022. And so now we're in 2023. And I'll tell you what, it is a whole different layout of what people are willing to pay, what businesses are worth, if people even buy them. I mean, I've had mentors tell me if you start getting crazy numbers, you just sell your business. Whenever it just gets <laughs> so ridiculous that you just have to walk away, then then you do it. And you can make the argument that maybe I could have or should have yeah. done so last year because the numbers were outrageous. Like I would have never even paid close to what I was getting in offers for a bunch of different assets that we own. And so, but now reality has set in, we're in a new season and and life is different, right? Yeah. If you find yourself going like, whoa, like that, like that's the moment. Yep. That's <laughs> <You know>? right. Because <laughs> it goes downhill from there. Or I mean, it could continue to grow, but it's like, man, you got to, it's like that small pin on the, on the target and you got to know when you're getting close to that pin because man, things, they don't stay the same, you know, especially in growth like that. So we take it back to market in the spring. We're back with LOIs. We're on these meetings. We're, you know, going through the sale process. Like we're getting close to the table with, with I think, three of them and all A players again. And the thing was, like, I knew I was being called to do something more. And like, I wanted to keep my following. And I, all these people wanted me for five years, you guys. I'm like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to stay and do this for five years, I would keep it myself. Right. I, would keep, like, I could the- see a year. I could see like I even offered like I'll replace me as the attractive character. Like I will help you guys hire the person. I will train the person. I will like I will do all the things. But five years of me like I'm not doing that. Like that's now past this window of my vision of like having two more kids. Like 
Now, now I'm doing this with four kids and I'm still the, the face of the brand. And so that's where we were like missing with all of these people. And Russell had found out, Brandon had had a conversation with him like in the side or whatever that we were in like the sell process. And like, I guess he like started mulling on that. And one day hit up Brandon was like, hey, like, can we talk about this? Like you guys selling the business? Like I might be interested. And we're just like, what? And so through talks with him, I was like, listen, I'm not going to, I don't want to be in for five years. I'll consult. I'll help you guys. I'll advise. I'll help train the person. I'll do whatever it takes, like whatever you want to do with this business. Cause at the time I did not know. I thought it was going to be like, it was talks about it being a like coaching certification program for like health coaches. Right. And I'm like, I'll do whatever you want. But like, I don't want to have a job for the next five years and have a new boss. And plus, like, I'm the worst employee ever. <laughs> you don't want me. And so in talks for that, he was like, oh, no, that's fine. Like, I don't want that either. And I'm like, I want to keep my social pages. And he's like, that's fine. Like, do that. If you want to keep them, sure. But we get the email list and we get like, you know, all this other stuff and YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. So it literally was just like a divine alignment of like, a vision he saw for Lady Boss and like me wanting to move in a, a different direction and not have to be on for five years. And so that's why it was like, when things weren't lining up, we literally sat down, had the conversation like, what would you walk away from the business for? If you like it, like, would you walk away if all these people are not willing to not have you for five years? Like, would what would you do? And I, I was just like, I think I would just walk away and like, let it be what it is because I'm not willing to do that. It's like a boundary that I set for myself of like, I'm not willing to do that. And if that's the criteria for it happening, I'm not willing to do that. And of course, Brandon, who you know his brain very well, he's very much like, well, you mean you're not willing to do that? I'm like, there's not a check you could hand me for five years of my life. Like, I don't care what it is. It could be $500 million. Like, I would say no, because I don't need it. Like our passive income at the time is paying for all of our lifestyle expenses. I'm like, I am not economically motivated. I don't need a check to like make me feel good. Like that's not it. Like I'm willing to walk away from it because I'm not willing to give up the things that I want from life in this transition. So what's the exit for if like you don't like what you see on the other side? So that's basically how it happened. That's awesome. Well, it's it's the classic earnout, right? Where yeah, they want to buy your company, but they want you to keep running that company and you'll see it anywhere from two to five years is pretty, pretty standard. So nice job recognizing what you did and didn't want and being able to move towards that. And you know, you guys still did great. You had an eight figure exit and you didn't have any earn. I guess you could say I willed it into existence. There Justin. it is. I love it. <laughs> and so what's cool is you guys didn't even take that much time. Like you took some time, you bought time back. I know you have your time back which is cool. And I know Brandon's hungry and eager, but you guys have now started another business. And I'd love for you to, as we're wrapping things up here, just share a little bit about that because you're doing great things in the world of helping entrepreneurs grow and scale and exit because you've been through it all now. So you're great at being able to guide and help and coach. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Brandon, I always knew like he was going to like advise businesses or consult or or something like that, right? Like coach businesses and entrepreneurs. And I always knew he's going to be like investing and like all this stuff. Like that's very simple. Like if you know my husband at all, like I just knew that's what he was going to do probably before he knew he was going to do it. But I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And what's funny is over the, you know, the eight years that we were, we had Lady Boss, like I was the face of a weight loss brand. Like I was teaching weight loss, talking about weight loss, all those things. Like that's not what I'm gifted at. Like that's not my actual like gifts of like, 
I remember being four years old, seeing a McDonald's billboard, like marketing lens in my brain all the time being like, "Mm, I see why they said that. I see why that's the offer. I see how that's how people get to McDonald's. I see why they ask super size me like my brain has always worked in marketing and sales. And so Lady Boss was great because I'm a great marketer and I'm a great salesperson. And so I always felt like I love what I do and I love the transformations and I love changing women's lives, but I was never actually able to operate in my own gift of like teaching what I love and like what my gifting actually is. So when Brandon decided like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm like, I knew you were like, I already knew. I was like, (laughs) I could see this being awesome for me for us to do together because it's like now I can coach and teach and help people understand like, here's how I think about sales. Here's how I think about this offer. Here's how I position this thing. Like actually get to use my gifting. It's like my favorite thing. So, you know, right now we work with uh, seven, eight figure founder led companies and we advise them and invest them. We do strategy days. We have annual clients. It's been so much fun because it's like me and Brandon, you know us very well, but I am like marketing and sales. Brandon is like operations and like optimization and numbers and data. And we're so totally different that it really brings a cool experience of what we get to do now where I get to bring my skill set in on a business. He gets to bring his skill set in on a business at the same time and literally do like what we did at Lady Boss, that dynamic that made us so powerful and help another business. So be above the business for someone else and be able to say, oh, don't do that. Like we did that, that we destroyed everything. Oh, Like, you don't need to make it that complex. We need to simplify these things. Or, oh, this is how I'd say this. Or this is how I would write this webinar. And this is how I would sell it. Or And Brandon could say, well, this is how you hire. This is how you recruit. This is what, like, the operating system that you need to put into the business and the scorecards and everything you need. So it's really cool we get to bring that same dynamic to other businesses. And it's been, like, the most fun I've ever had. Oh, I love it. Well, you guys are the perfect complement to each (laughs) other. You're the best one-two punch out there. So... Uh, I hope anyone that is an entrepreneur that is looking to learn more and figure out how to do all the things you did, but do it easier, faster, better with less headaches and heartaches (laughs) along the way to reach out. I've just so thoroughly enjoyed our time here. Where can our audience learn more about you and about your new business for anyone that is in the world of entrepreneurship that, that just needs a little bit of a helping hand? Yeah, so we have a we have a podcast called Big Business Mistakes. It's awesome. I just had I had Justin on there. He gave us all of his big mistakes. So if you want to listen to his, like that, it's a great one, full of gold nuggets. So we love doing that podcast, and our goal is just to highlight like what are mistakes that we've made as you, Justin, as a super successful entrepreneur, and us and our scaling to two hundred million dollar total revenue business, like. Learn from our mistakes so you don't have to make them. So you don't have to fall in the same trap. So you can literally collapse time. And then the enterpriseceo.com, that's where if you're interested in strategies and stuff like that, that's where we do it. But those are so fun. But I love doing the podcast. Like It's amazing to dig in on what is it that you messed up so no one else has to mess it up. (laughs) I love it. Well, you are a great podcast host. And I love the show. I love what you're doing. I love the people you're bringing on. And I love just the mentorship and guidance you've given so many entrepreneurs. You've got the perfect resume and perfect background for it. So thanks, Justin. Just incredible. Yeah. And I love ending every episode asking my audience a a question. And that question is always geared around financial freedom. So the question is, what is the one thing that's holding you back from financial freedom that you learned in this episode today from Kaylin that you can use to conquer this milestone in your life. I'd love to hear about it. Send us an email so we can help support you. Thanks for tuning into the Lifestyle Investor, and we will catch you next week. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who would benefit from this episode, would you mind sharing it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all resources mentioned, visit www.lifestyleinvestor.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor. This podcast is being made available exclusively to financially sophisticated, high net worth individuals capable of evaluating the merits and risks of investments. The material presented in this podcast is not intended to be investment advice or to recommend the purchase or sale of any security, nor is it intended to be legal, accounting, or tax advice. You should consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor in connection with any material discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative nor a guarantee of future results. Certain materials discussed on this podcast may have been prepared by third parties, which have been obtained from sources that we believe to be accurate and current. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy, completeness, or currency of such materials.